Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I am your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you are well. I hope all is good with you in your world. Thank you so much for being here on this journey with me as I'm just reflecting on the Bible, Jesus Christ, and you know what the Word of God is saying. And um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm very happy with where I am in the year 2023. I don't know why it's so different from the other years that I have experienced before now, but God is doing a new thing and I'm enjoying it. I just like being in that space where I have so much clarity about what God wants for my life, what he's doing and what where I need to go. And I think the one thing that is different if I look at how I have started this year or where I where I, where my ongoing evolution and growth in Christ is that I have stopped fighting him <laughs> as much as I used to before. I've stopped resisting him. I have started accepting that he knows more than I do. I have I am at peace with the limitations of my mind that I am work in progress. You know those things that we don't really think about and that without him I can do nothing. You know, I've really come to I really ah I was I, I needed to have been broken. I think yes and so I now realize that I need him and and it's so funny and, and you know everything I share here is my experience and you know I it's not really me saying that this is how it has to be for everybody because I believe that God works with all of us in different ways but I think what we can take out of it is the principles of the word of God that come through so my life is an illustration what I share here what I talk about what I reflect on is an illustration of how the word of God has impacted my life how it impacts your own life will be different. What will be consistent in both cases is the underlying principle of the word of God. But in terms of the illustration, you know, it will be different. It will be the, you know, just like when you can tell somebody, you can have two artists and tell them, I want you to illustrate my story. I've written a bedtime story for children ages two to five. Illustrate it for me. The same story, the same words, the illustration will be different, you know. The way each person will, you know, the artist, no, no two artists will have the same illustration. But it's the same words that they are trying to bring to life. And, um, you know, it's, it's unique. When we look at it, we, 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 what we can take from the two illustrations is the story, the consistency of the story. And, um, you know, but then the illustration is completely is unique. You know, it's, it's different. And when it, the illustration is done well, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you can connect it with the story. Good. Excellent. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. So that, that's how I think our lives are, which is why, in a way, when I share my life experiences, you notice that sometimes I don't give too much detail because I think the, the, there's a tendency to focus a lot on the illustration rather than the principle, the word of God, which is where the attention should go. The attention should go to the word of God, the principle because that principle is what we can transfer. I cannot transfer my experience. My experience is not transferable. My illustration is not transferable because it's based on my context. It's based on my background. It's based on my the issues that I faced. It's based on, you know, the guidance that I got from God. So many things and where God is taking me to. Absolutely. What my current needs are. That cannot be replicated in any other person's life, no matter how close the person is to me. So... What is transferable is the power in the word of God. So I always like to root it to scripture. So 
I what I sense about where I am at right now is that I have stopped fighting with the Lord. I now realize that when Jesus says, "Without me, you can do nothing," yes, I'm not even arguing with Him anymore. He's right. Without Him, I can I can do nothing. So I am no longer struggling. So I think, in some way, I have entered into His rest. I think so. <laughs> you know, there's that scripture that talks about that there is a rest that remains for the children of God. Um, I know I am not 100% there, but I think I'm nearer to it than I've ever been because I have stopped struggling, as in I've stopped contending with God in terms of, oh, yes, you know better or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't mean I'm 100% in obedience, but I'm not in the kind of, I think I was in active disobedience for a greater part of my Christian work in the past few years. And um, I was in active and passive. So um, I have, I'm, I'm, I am no longer in active disobedience or passive disobedience i think actually i think i was more in passive disobedience you know that kind of thing where it's not that you are doing yeah i was in yeah i was in active i was in active disobedience actually or passive obedience <laughs> whichever way you want to put it but the longer shot is that i was resisting it by not doing by just not doing anything so I, I wasn't here. Yeah. And I guess that's disobedience anyway. So, yeah. And, I, you know, certain things. And I used to subject God's word to, you know, God's leading to a vetting process. Whereby I vet, you know, when he tells me to do I vet and I vet and I vet. And I still do that. And I think it's important because otherwise, you know, you we will lay ourselves open to different influences that, you know, you, you're not sure. Is it the thoughts in my head or is it what I'm sensing or whatever? Um, so, you know, but I think, I think I was doing it even with things that were scriptural. You know what I'm saying? Things that I know that the Bible says that we should do, but I'm still subjecting it to vetting. as far okay, yes, the Bible says we should do this, but is that what I'm supposed to do now? And even if I'm supposed to do how much, you know, I was just being very contrary in my sense. But now I think I am less in that space. I, I honestly, to be honest, I really don't know what has changed. <laughs> I think I should just stop blabbing. I really don't know what has changed, but I just know that I feel like I am in the right place with the Lord at this time. I feel at peace. I feel contented in my heart, in my spirit, in my soul. I feel like I am in the space where the Lord wants me to be in. I am in the right spot. And it's an amazing thing to be saying that because... A few months ago, I was actively working on something that would have actually taken me away from <laughs> where I am right now. But the Lord put a stop to it, I, you know. And um, now, and I think actually to be, to, I feel like I'm in the right, where God wants me to be spiritually. And I think I'm also where God wants me to be physically. So professionally too, I think I'm where he wants me to be. Ministry-wise, I think so, but I think there is a place that I'm still, the Lord is taking me to. We're not there yet, but we're on the path. So I'm just sitting in my comfort zone, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm beginning to realize that, okay, it's like you really have things covered. All I need to do is just thank you, continue to pray, and all of that. And, you know, I thank God for this space to, be, to to think. And I really must say this. This is me speaking now. This is not, this is just me. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is what God is telling me to say or anything. I will say to anyone, give yourself the space and the time to think. If you need to aerate your life, 
if you need to aerate your life, and I'm saying not if you want to, but you need to. You need to be separate from people and influences for a while. As led by the Holy Spirit, please do not hesitate to do it. And I'm not talking of two weeks of retreat. I'm saying if you need to be away from circulation for a year to get things right in your life, please take that one year off. And I'm not saying you can still go to work, do everything you're doing. But you know what I mean? Remove yourself from those spaces that are not helpful. I'm saying this because, and that's why I said this is not God. This is just me reflecting on my past. The pandemic helped me. The COVID time helped me. But I, I consciously withdrew myself from certain spaces. It has, it has turned out exponentially, oh my goodness. And it wasn't just withdrawing, but then focusing on God. And having just having that space to think. And limit, you know, and, and this life, I find out that there's some people that are just intrusive influences into your life. You know. And some of them are family members, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So just having a way of regulating that space is very important. Jesus did was that way. He, he found a way of removing himself. Of course, he couldn't remove himself for a year. Fine. So, but he, he, he would withdraw himself because... I mean, I, and I, in fact, when I look about it, Jesus was like a ultra, was an ultra introvert. Oh yeah, hey ho to the introverts. Yeah, I just realized this. He was was an introvert. He was an extroverted introvert, because he he treasured the power of quiet. Eh, hey. yes. Now I'm now realizing he treasured the power of quiet. He used to withdraw himself away from the crowds. He would wake up in the morning. You know, people always say those things about he wanted to be alone with God, but yes, he also wanted to be alone with himself. He needed space to think. I mean, if every time, I, I don't get that whole, when people have, you know, you're just overstimulated all the time. There are people around. How do you recharge your batteries? And I know this is, a, <laughs> only introverts can understand this, because clearly some extroverts, that's, that they recharge by being in the presence of other people. But I, I really wonder about that on a Christian level, because I find out that it is in those moments when I'm quiet, that I can hear God more. I can think. I don't I don't know how it is possible to really come up with deep insights about life, about faith, about God, about the things going on in my life or in your life or in our lives without being in a quiet place. I I, I struggle to think how it's possible. I really struggle. For me, well, I could be different. I don't know. And I wish this this is one of those times I wish this was an interactive forum because then I would be asking you, share your experience. Let me know how it is for you. And if you're listening and you're somebody that you know me personally, please send me a WhatsApp chat or something and just say to me, you know, and by the way, on Anchor, there's a way you can send a reply to me. So I haven't been talking about that a lot, but I would really like to hear from you. If you're listening on this on the Anchor app, just give me a little bit of feedback and say this thing you said, I agree or I disagree, you know. And um, it's it's just really, I have found that I need that peace and quiet. For me, the places where I have that quiet most, in the aircraft, if I'm flying, in those days when we used to fly, in the bathroom, in the shower, when I'm taking a bath, I just enter into that place and God starts speaking. All of a sudden, I'm just, I just, I don't even need to say, oh, is that you or whatever. Excuse me. I just have clarity. I just know. And most of the time, it's even about things that I thought, you know, I've been musing on. I wanted his leading, but I didn't really ask for it. I was just praying in my heart, like, oh, God, I pray, oh, I pray, oh, you know. And, like, I've talked about this, and I have these subconscious prayers that I pray where I'm not really praying 
to God, but I'm praying in my heart. I'm like, ah, I really need this thing. Oh, I, I wish, ah, God, please just help me. But I'm not consciously praying to him. You know, I'm not doing that. Oh, God, help me. I'm just, my heart is just praying inside of me that, ah, Father, please oh, help, help us. You know, I'm just saying it, not knowing that he, he answers those prayers. So most of those type of prayers, when I enter into the into the shower, I just start getting leading. She starts telling me things. And I'm like, okay, fine. Yes, okay, fine, fine. And I leave. And I started wondering, why, why is it always in the shower that this happens? Then I realized that, yes, it's an enclosed place. It's quiet. I'm focused. There's nothing I'm doing at that time. My phone, for one thing, is not there with me. That's another thing about the air, the air, the aircraft. In fact, I think probably it's this, this smartphone thing, maybe. That's about the two things. Because on the, in the, in the airplane also, in, in flight, my phone is always off. I don't do that, oh, in-flight mode nonsense. I, I, as I know, I, I, I don't do that. So I shut off my phone. And throughout the flight, 45 minutes, 90 minutes, I'm always, I always, God speaks. He speaks. I'm not even talking about, he says things to me that stand the test of time. Most of the time, there are things that are evergreen, you know, things that five years from now, it still, it ages very well, you know, as in, oh, yes, this was correct. This was really the Lord speaking. If there were things to come, they would either have come to pass or they would have been confirmed or things, you know. I've always wondered, why is it that you wait until when I get into the plane? Why couldn't you tell me on the ground, <laughs> you know? But I realized that, yeah, because on the plane, uh, my mind is quiet, particularly when this is not during landing or takeoff, No. When the flight is is calm, you know, we're in the air, everything is just going on well. Most of the time, people are probably asleep or rested. You know, think the, the, the plane is quiet. When that happens, that's when God speaks. It also happens to me in the shower. Other times it happens, but I, I have seen... So I've developed the habit of waking up very early in the morning. When I wake up 2 a.m., I actually don't speak out, sleep all through the night. I don't mind staying awake till 5 and then, you know, catching a snooze some other time during the day or later on. Because I've seen that it's easier to think when the whole world is asleep. That's what I've seen. So anyways, I, where I am right now, I am, so I've stopped struggling with the Lord. I am comfortable with him being in the driving seat. I'm just enjoying the ride. I pray concerning everything. I mean, to give you an example of how much I pray. Now, my helplessness before the Lord is legendary now. There was, I was going to see a, um, in quotes, daughter of mine who had a baby to the glory of God over the weekend. And she was in hospital. And I realized that there were, there were going to be like a number of flights of stairs to climb. And <clears throat> stairs are not my friend right now. And um, I had to wear a knee brace because, you know. So anyways, before I left home, because I was thinking, I said, I'm sure there won't be a lift working in that building. And even if there's an elevator working, I'm not likely to want to take it because <clears throat> Nigeria is not in a situation right now where power supply is reliable or infrastructure or maintenance or cash. I was just like, ain't no, ain't got no time for that. I'm not even going to try that. But I was like four floors. So I just prayed. I said, God, help me that I'll be able to climb that, those four floors. And lo and behold, the stairs were very... I, I actually climbed the four floors without much... In fact, I got to the third floor before I rested. And I found it quite easy to climb. It was one of those flights of stairs where you're just doing four steps and then you're on one, uh, you're on a half landing, another four, so the next landing. And then, you know, so it was quite... It was, it was quite... You know, it wasn't as... It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was much more comfortable than I could have imagined. In fact, it was more comfortable than the stairs in my house. 
which is saying a lot because the toilet in my house is just going up one floor. So it was it was actually easier climbing those four floors than it is. And and in fact now I now realize what the difference is. Looking back, and so I went up and then even coming down, I came down, you know. These are things that sometimes I have a little bit of a problem with. And um, it was when I go back home I realized that I actually did those four stairs. I mean, the guy in front of me was flying up the stairs and I was actually keeping at pace with him. I wasn't like lagging that much. He wouldn't even know that I normally have trouble. In fact, he would just think, oh yeah, it's because she's overweight. He wouldn't realize that I actually have more trouble than this climbing stairs. So I realized that the difference was that I actually prayed before I left the house and told God, you know, I have to, I'm not going to have to climb first. I need you to help me. And he did. So maybe I need to ask him to help me with the stairs in my home as well because sometimes, you know, I, I, I have more trouble with it than I should. In fact, I've said to someone that in my old age, I'm probably going to look for a bungalow somewhere to live just so that I don't have to deal with stairs at home. I really, really am done with stairs. I spent 22 years of my life working in a building that had stairs. And I did sometimes I climbed up 17 floors when the lifts were out and things like that. And I think eventually it took its toll. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I, I just have to change things a bit in that space. But I, I now realize that it was that recognition of the fact that I needed God. So, and this is the difference between this phase in my life and how it was before, because before I would always do those things without thinking because I felt I had the, the stamina, I had the intellect, I had the um, ability and I knew what to do. But having now gone through a life-changing experience where everything that I knew to do, both physically and spiritually, by, 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 by through faith in Christ, it did not work. It, it, it didn't work. At least it, I couldn't, it, in fact, it didn't work. So it brought me to a place where I had to acknowledge the limitations of my knowledge and the limitations of my understanding and submit myself to God for him to teach me afresh. And you know what it takes when you, you humble yourself. It's like someone who's gone through secondary school, you've failed the exam a couple of times and then you have to now realize that, oh my goodness, even though I am in the exam class, I'm in, you know, final year or whatever, form six or whatever, I don't have what it takes to pass these exams. So I have to go back. Either I go back several classes down or I just pretend as though I have never ever accessed secondary school education or high school or whatever you may call it and start from the beginning. And that is exactly what I did. So I started relearning the Bible as though I had never read it again before. I started relearning God as though I had never learned him before. And um, of course, my prior knowledge was helpful. So I wasn't exactly like somebody starting off. But I was reading it now with fresh eyes, looking to understand in a way that I hadn't understood before. And God helped me in that way. So coming out of all of that, it has shown me the greatness of God. It has also revealed to me the smallness of myself and the smallness of my life. And the fact that I am just a little piece in the bigger puzzle of life. And that at the end of the day, knowing that this life is made of what we see and what we cannot see, what is time-bound and what is eternal, and that God is the one who holds all that, 
in the palm of his hand, then it makes sense for me to find myself in God's narrative, in God's program, in God's plan. Because I know that since he's in charge of everything, if I put myself in his plan, then he will be in charge of myself as well because I will be part of his plan. So I don't want to be off plan anymore. I think I've been running my life off plan with God. I want to be part of his plan. So therefore I have to give up control. And that is exactly what I have been experiencing. So I think this is a good description of what it means to <laughs> enter into the rest of God, at least from my perspective at this point in time in my life. If I learn a bit more about this, I'll share it as well. So I had actually thought I would be talking about the name of Jesus, but somehow this is where this musing has gone. And you know, God has his own agenda at every point in time. And when I think, what I'm reading, there are two scriptures I want to read right now. We talk about this rest. Um, Jesus himself said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Matthew eleven twenty. One of my most favorite scriptures. I will never forget it. It's always in my head. I will give you rest. It has baffled me for a long time. What does it mean by rest? What does rest mean? Does it mean we're not going to do anything again? What does rest? What, what exactly does rest mean? I know he wants us to do a lot of stuff, like go into the world and preach the gospel. So he doesn't quite mean don't do anything. But he's talking about, you know, then I think somewhere else it now says, I think there's another place where he now talks about rest for your souls. Let me look for that. Yeah, look at me. It's actually the same um, portion. So he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn. This is so amazing, actually. This is really, yeah, this is, I think this is really where I, I'm going with this music because that's exactly what I've been doing. Isn't that amazing? Because that's really what I've just described. I've been learning of him. I had to unlearn. I had to relearn. I had to learn how to take his own yoke upon me. He says, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. And that was what I was find, looking for. That was what I was looking for. Because my soul was in turmoil. I just wanted rest. I just wanted rest. And you know, these are the kind of um, messages and sermons I would long... To have to hear being preached to people because I think a lot of people are struggling emotionally. We are so focused on the financial struggles of people, we don't even think about the soul impact, the emotional impact, which is by far more crippling. So, what we see on the outside is oh, yeah, they're good, they're having financial problems. It's not so much about the financial problems, what is the impact it's having on this life, on this soul? We're going through this world pretending that we're only spirits and flesh. Nobody's thinking about the soul. And that's where light and darkness happen. That's where hope or despair sets out. That, 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 that is really where the garden of life is either tilled, nurtured, grown, or destroyed, or attacked. It's in the soul. Jesus says, come on to me. He didn't say, I'll come and give you houses and lands. I will, you will find rest for your souls. Jesus elevated rest for your soul over and above every other thing that he could give. This was his telling people, come. He didn't say, come and I will make you wealthy. You will find rest for your souls. I'm, I'm afraid we have become extremely materialistic 
in the body of Christ. Extremely. 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 So the other scripture that talks about this rest for your souls, um, Hebrews 4 verse 9, this is written by the in the New Testament, and he says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he that he has he that has entered into the rest of God, he has also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. That's on the seventh day of creation. He said, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. To be honest, I think that this passage can only be understood by revelation of the Holy Spirit. But what I can get from the verses is that, at least with my level of understanding at this time, I believe that I will still grow in the understanding of what this passage is saying. I sense that it's a whole lot more deeper than what you can see on the surface, but I'm, I believe that with time, God will unveil and unpeel. But what I can get from this, just by reading it at face value right now, is that verse 9 says that there's a rest that is unique to the people of God. There's a rest that God has preserved for the people of God. It must be the same kind of rest that Jesus was referring to in Matthew 11. And he said that whoever enters into that rest, how you will know is that they have ceased from their own works. In other words, they're no longer doing things with their own power. And it says in the same way as God did from his own. That aspect, I don't quite understand what it means by that. But it says we should labor. In other words, entering into the rest is not automatic. It's not according to salvation. It's not that, you know. And he's talking to the people of God here that even after you get saved, there is a rest that we need to strive to enter into. And I think the striving is what Jesus explained in Matthew 11. Learn of me. You have to labor to learn. Study to know. Learn. So it's almost like you enroll as a student in Jesus University. I'm saying that as a metaphor. And you begin to learn of him. You know. And as we learn of him, we exchange our own understanding for his. We exchange our ability for him. We exchange his leadership, our leadership for his. And we begin to seed, will, willingly seed leadership discernment, unction, progression of our lives to him. And that is how we enter into the rest. That seems to describe what I have been, that seems to align with what I've been describing. Because I started off describing my experience. And I talk about how I am, in, I started off by talking about how I am now in a more peaceful place that I don't even understand how I got here. I still don't understand, but I just know that somehow I am happier now. I'm, I'm more at peace. So my prayer, I pray that nothing will change this because I'm, I'm, I'm really loving this. I just like the peace. I, I am grateful for the peace. I'm grateful for the peace. I'm thankful for the peace. I'm grateful. Thank you, Jesus. So I'll leave it at that. And I pray that the Lord will help all of us to find rest for our souls. I think that is a 
a wonderful prayer for the 21st century. May the Lord give us that peace, help us to find rest for our souls, rest for our nations, for our community, rest for the soul of our nations, rest for the soul of our communities, rest for the soul of our families, rest for the soul of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.